You're listening to a Share Radio podcast. A pension crisis. It's horrendous. Threatening with debt collectors and the bubble that's going to cause financial havoc. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. Welcome to episode 13 of Managing My Money. Now, 13 is unlucky for some, and it's certainly unlucky for our Annie, who sadly isn't able to join us for this episode, or possibly for any future episodes. She's been called urgently to visit a sick aunt in Australia. What are you doing here? What's going on? I I was just sitting here working on some ideas, nothing really major. Three o'clock in the morning. Are you recording an episode of Managing My Money? Heavens, no! I would never do that without you. But, but, then why is the red light on outside the studio? Curses, I forgot about that. You are! You're doing it without me! Oh, all right, I am! Traitor! Look, after you tied up and gagged me in the last episode, I just felt maybe things weren't working out so well between us. I see. Well, I'm sorry about the whole tying you up thing, okay? And the gagging? Look, I just got sick of you telling me what to do all the time and frowning on my spendthrift ways. You say saving. And you say spending. I say borrowing. And I say lending. Saving. Spending. Borrowing. Lending. Let's call the whole thing off. You say you don't want to save in an ISA. You say you won't pay for my can of Tizer. ISA. Tizer. Waster. Miser. Let's call the whole thing off. Look, Annie, I'm sorry if I was a little overbearing. A little? Okay, a lot. I'll tell you what, you've learned so much in this course, I think you're ready to take the helm with me. From now on, this is going to be a partnership of equals, Annie. Managing My Money, presented by Glenn Goodman and Annie Weston. Oh, Glenn, that's all I've ever wanted! Let's start this show afresh, shall we? <gasps> yes, let's! Pension crisis. It's horrendous. Threatening with detectors and the bubble is going to cause financial panic. Hello and welcome to Managing My Money with me, Glenn Goodman. And me, Annie Weston. Annie, everybody's talking about pensions. Do you know why? <laughs> no, Glenn, why? Because we went out on the street with a microphone and forced everyone to talk about pensions. Yes, and this is what they had to say. Pensions. 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 But to be honest... Pensions. 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 You see, once you get them started, people just won't stop talking about them. But that wasn't very scientific, was it, Glenn? In fact, perhaps it probably would be more accurate to say that no one's talking about pensions pretty much ever. 
You obviously don't go to the same kind of dinner parties I do. Yeah, and I'm really grateful for that. The thing about pensions for me is that, well, the name is just so boring. The word pensions, I mean, it should be called something else. I think this is going to draw more people in to talk about it. Maybe a, you know, <laughs> pleasure pot. Mm, or pleasure perhaps, pot. Or perhaps a silver fox saving scheme. Oh, I like that. Do you know what I mean? Just something a little bit different, but the word Pensions. It just seems very dry and stuffy, like trying to eat eight Jacob's crackers all in one go. Yeah. If you told people that they might want to dip into their pleasure pot a little earlier than usual, (laughs) they'd find that idea very attractive. Alluring somehow. But, as things stand, (laughs) they're not. No, they're called pensions, and that's what we're stuck with. So let's try and jazz them up a bit, shall we? Yeah, come on then. Just hit me with it right from the top. How exactly do pensions work? I'm very glad you asked me that, Annie. Yeah. Well, a pension is a regular payment that you receive, typically in your old age, to keep you going. If you're an ex-serviceman or a retired firefighter or something like that, you might start receiving a pension when you're quite young. Well, I guess most people will get the basic state pension, won't they? So let's find out a bit more about that. OK, let's go right back to the very beginning, shall we? Hold on. What, what are you doing? In a sec, I'm just sorting out some historical back-in-the-mists-of-time type music. I won't be a moment. Oh, please. Right, here we go. <laughs> Way, way back in the age of your grandfather's grandfather, there were no state pensions for the elderly. So how did you survive when you got old? Well, for a start, most people never got old. And those that did manage it would generally keep on working until they physically couldn't. And then they'd either rely on family members, or if they couldn't, then they'd become toothless old hags, begging on the streets. (sighs) Terrible. And as beggars, they'd generally be seen as morally degenerate and sent off to the workhouses. And if they just couldn't work, they'd lie around dying in the workhouse infirmaries. Just basically cluttering up the place. It was messy. But because of disease and malnutrition, they didn't tend to last long anyway. You know what? Call me modern and PC. But that doesn't sound like a very kind way to treat people who've been working all of their lives and paying taxes. You wouldn't be the only person to think that. So that's why in 1908 they introduced state retirement pensions. And then 40 years later they brought in a flat rate universal state pension. And that idea has stayed with us ever since. 1908, that's amazing. But as everyone lives longer these days, aren't they going to be raising the state pension age? Yep, they're trying to do it gradually. But the bottom line is, by the time you're in your 60s, Annie... I would guess you probably won't be able to claim the pension until you're 70, perhaps even older. Oh, that's so unfair. They're going to keep moving the goalposts, so I'll just be chasing the pension forever. Yeah. You're going to be 85 and saying, Oh, just Just one more year. I could start claiming (laughs) it next year. I'm sure of it. (laughs) That noise was you... uh... Carking it. Yeah. Damn it! The problem is, when they invented the pension, most people died shortly after claiming it, so it didn't cost that much. But they didn't realise people were going to spend perhaps a third of their lives claiming it in the future because we're living so long. So now they've started raising the pension age to save the government money. Well, for people (laughs) retiring now, does everyone get the same state pension then? No, the amount varies depending on how much national insurance you've paid over the years. Mm. In other words, how many years of work you've put in. You have to work for a few decades at least before you qualify for the full state pension. But again, they keep changing the rules on eligibility, I'm afraid. So the bottom line, Glenn, is the state pension enough to actually live on? 
depends how you define live, Annie. Do you right. mean by that having a reasonably enjoyable life or just surviving, as in keeping your heart beating? Well, would I still be able to afford to, say, shop in Waitrose and buy my pricey organic face cream from the health food shop? Of course. Brilliant. That's great, then. As long as you're prepared to go without heating and only buy Waitrose's budget gruel <laughs> range. Oh, no, I'm going to be, like, huddled up in a blanket applying my expensive face cream by candlelight. And that's all assuming there even is still a state pension when you retire. Oh, this is just so depressing. What do I do, Glenn? What do I do? Don't despair, Annie. You're young enough to build up your own decent pension for retirement. One way to do this is through your employer with an occupational workplace pension scheme. Here's Share Radio's Simon Rose with a need-to-know info-burst fact box on occupational pensions. Or how about a no-zone layer spelt K-N-O-W? That is very good. Thank you. Here's Share Radio's Simon Rose to fill the hole in your no-zone layer. When you start working for a company, one of the first things to do is find out about their pension scheme. Many companies will pay money towards your future pension. You may get a tax-free lump sum when you retire, as well as regular payments from then on. If you have to retire early due to ill health, your pension payments may start earlier as well. And your spouse might be entitled to keep receiving pension payments even if you die before them. New rules mean that companies will have to offer workplace pensions to their employees. From 2018 onwards, this applies to all employers. And what's more, enrolment into the pension is automatic. Unless you specifically opt out, you'll be enrolled. And that will usually mean, as well as your employer making contributions, you'll also pay into the pension scheme out of your earnings. Show Radio's Simon Rose there with a little know-how powwow. Boom! My no-zone layer is well and truly filled now, thank you. Bazinga! Now, the two types of pension you need to know about are defined contribution schemes and defined benefit schemes. The names sound similar, but they can be more different. Defined contribution schemes and defined benefit schemes. Comme ci, comme ça. Si. With a defined benefit scheme, the employer says, you're going to get this much money for your pension when you retire. So that's one of those ones that's based on your income then, like a final salary pension. Yeah, and sometimes they work it out by taking your final salary and giving you a small percentage of that salary for every year that you've worked for the company. So then the longer you work for them, the more it builds up, the bigger your eventual pension gets. Or sometimes they work it out as a percentage of the average salary that you had during the whole time you were working for them. But that sounds all right. It sounds great. Doesn't it? That's why a lot of those pension schemes are now closing down. Oh. Yes. I mean, the government still tends to have these schemes for a lot of public sector workers, but they are very expensive for companies to maintain. So most companies are stopping new employees from joining those old schemes. Instead, they offer much less generous alternatives. Ah, how thoughtful of them. Isn't it? Yeah. They offer defined contribution or money purchase schemes instead. The employer usually still contributes money into the scheme and the employee usually gives some money each month as well. And over time, you build up a pension pot, which is then invested in things like shares, bonds and gilts. The problem, though, is uncertainty. By the time you retire, the investments could be worth a bundle or they could be worth not very much at all. You're at the mercy of the market. That's just rubbish. It's not ideal. Now, I remember all the way back in episode one, you mentioned you've got a few old occupational pensions knocking about, but you haven't put any money into them for ages. Yeah, that's right. How on earth do you remember that from all that time ago? I hang on your every word, Annie. Each one is a precious gem that I like to polish and pre. Cut the pony and trap, then. Pony and trap? Yeah, it's rhyming slow. Oh. 
The trouble is, though, all these little pension pots from different past employers are hardly worth anything, and most people move around reasonably often from company to company these days, so I guess I'm not the only one that's got this problem. True, but they'll all carry on building up their worth with any luck, and so put together, they might add up to a nice little earner by the time you actually retire. Anyway, we're going to go into more detail on how pensions are invested in the next episode, Mm -hmm. but now, do you know who's having money problems? I've literally no idea. It begins with a P. The poundies? Now you're just being obtuse. Obtuse is a great word. dear, what's for dinner? Oh, it's your favourite, dear. Ground beetles, wood lice and nits. Nits? That's right. I got them out of the knit combs at the local primary school where I've been working in the medical room. Oh, I know we're terribly hard up, love, but nits, aren't they just the unhatched eggs of head lice? Uh, yes, that's right, dear. I'll serve them in a nice little ramekin and you can close your eyes and pretend you're eating caviar. They're full of protein. <laughs> Oh, stop it, dear. It's your own fault. After you messed up the mortgage payments, the payday loan, and forgot to pay our overdue taxes, and then locked up our money in a savings account we can never access, and then bought shares in any PLC which went bust, there isn't really a lot left in the piggy bank. Oh, I see. Well, you'd better serve up them nits then, dear. Do you think they'll be nicer on a cracker? Arthur! important-looking letter that you haven't opened. Yes, I, I didn't want to open that. Why? Because it looked important. Oh. Hang on. This can't be right. Oh, Lordy, what now? It's a cheque for £25,000. You what? Oh, and it says that you're going to get one every year for the rest of your life. It's your pension from your old job at the box-breaking factory. Oh, I never oh. knew I had a pension for working there. I always felt that Breaking cardboard boxes up into little pieces was its own reward. Well, it just goes to show, as I've always said, now from now, make the brass farthing, Arthur. <laughs> isn't that the truth? I love you, Mrs Penny. Oh, I love you too, Mr Penny. Come here, you daft old lumber lardy cake. Let's go and get ourselves some real caviar. What about all the nits? Oh, we'll have them for afters. to see the pennies coming up trumps for a change. Bless them. Bless their little cotton knit combs. Yeah. Now, Annie, it's time we started thinking very seriously about your retirement. Okay. I mean, not right now that you actually have to retire. That'd be great. I thought you had some great news for me. You're going to hand me a massive (laughs) cheque. No, but we need to start planning. Yes. Because remember, true. you don't want to be chilly granny Annie. No, I don't. I don't like that vision of me by my one bar heater. How are you going to plan for your pension, Annie? Oh, that's a big question, Glenn. Um, do, you want the, <laughs> do you want the honest truth? Yeah. I don't really know. It's such a big old scary word. I just end up with the companies that I work for, just letting them handle it, really. I don't know if you can rely on anybody to look out for your best interests. If there's only one person going to look after you, that's number one. Number one's going to look after number one. <laughs> so, it sounds to me, Annie, like you're all at sea when it comes to pensions. But don't worry, because okay. land a ho, land is in sight, courtesy... Land ahoy. Yep, it's land, land ahoy. That's what I said. <laughs> courtesy of the financial planning model. Yay! It's a financial model and it's looking good 
It will help you spend and save more like you should. So what's stage one of the financial planning model, Annie? A for assess the situation. That's right. Let's assess the situation. The situation is you've just got a few rubbish old little company pensions <laughs> which aren't going to do so well for you. And by the time you're old, there might not even be a state pension anymore. So you're in deep, deep doo-doo. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, that's the situation assessed. Stage two. Stage two is, Annie? Review. No, that's stage four. Decide on a plan. That's right. We're going to decide on a financial plan. And how are we going to do that now? We're going to do that with the help of uh, our friends at Age UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say friends. I've never actually met them, but I'm I sure they're, they're very nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Age UK's pension calculator. Oh, brilliant. I love things like this. Okay. Let's get on to the intern webs. Date of birth. <laughs> Female. Tick. Uh, your state pension age is 68 years, zero months. What are the chances that that will still be the case? Oh, wow, this is it. Things change. Times are a-changing. They are, but we're just going to have to use that as an age to be going along with. So, are you living alone or living as a couple? Living as a couple with your man. Household income between two brackets. I'm sure he's earning a shed load. (laughs) I'm going to estimate that. Okay. And, okay, so, between the two of you, you're good, your earnings are good. That's good. Oh, uh, it's a breakdown of types of spending on food, alcohol and tobacco, clothing and footwear. Yeah, they estimate for you your retirement spending in, yeah, in today's tobacco? money. Tobacco? <laughs> they're assuming anything on it. Well, alcohol and tobacco. They're assuming you spend £56 right. a month on alcohol. That's quite a lot, actually, isn't <laughs> that it? That is a lot. So, food, they're estimating you'll be spending £284 a month in today's money. Clothing and footwear, £85 a month. Recreation, travel and transport, almost a grand, they reckon. In retirement, you're going to be spending a grand a month on recreation, travel and transport. Might be going on a cruise or two, you know, taking things easy. Oh, that's true. Hey, don't forget the cruise. You'll be there on the QE2 being entertained by Chaz and Dave all night long, every night. I'd love it. Housing bills and services, they're saying you're going to be spending about £730. What are services? I have no idea. (laughs) Just very special services. And other, £285. Other. Tether. So, they're saying total spending per month, £2,437. They are saying your yearly income required after tax to allow that level of spending would be £29,255. That's quite a lot. So, we'd have to find that in retirement between us. Apparently. Whoa, that is a lot. It says, how much of this yearly income do you think your partner might provide through their pensions and retirement savings? Should we say half? Probably half, yeah. Let's go for half. All right, so 15,000. Your personal target annual income after tax is 14,255. That's how much you personally need. And before tax, that would be 15,319. Very little tax to take into consideration there, which is good news. That's, of course, assuming taxes aren't far worse in the future. In the future. Your pension so far. Weekly state pension, £115, assuming it still exists. Other pensions. Let's assume for now that your other pensions that you're knocking about are not worth very much, a negligible amount of money. So let's skip past those workplace pensions. And let's see, are you on track? 
Am I on track? Oh, hang on a second. We're looking at a graph here and it's got red and green on it and the red portion is significantly bigger than the green. <laughs> green. I'm afraid so. It's saying that with your target income of £15,319 and your likely income from the state pension would be £6,029, you've got a shortfall, Annie, of £9,290 a year. <laughs> no! What? So do you want to know how much you might need to save in order to get that kind of 9,000 pension? I better start tonight. It says, you are currently not on track for your chosen retirement income. (sighs) Shock. In order to reach your target income, we estimate that you might need to save an extra £411 per month. That is a lot. That's not realistic for me. Here are your choices. It actually gives you three choices now. This is good, though, because this is is all the stuff that you don't want to do or look at, and it makes it really simple for you. Just put some details in and click on next, and it gives you a good idea. I like it. I like it. You have three choices, Annie. Either you save £411 a month. Mm -hmm. You've said no to that, haven't you? It's going to be tough. I could probably save more, but not to that extent. Live on less when you retire. So let's... Take that down a bit, shall we? But by 2050, things are going to go up. The cost of food, the cost of living. With all of these calculations here, you need to pretend inflation doesn't exist just for the time being. all right. So instead of having £15,000 a year to play with, let's pretend that you're happy to survive on £10,000 a year. We cut out the cruises and that kind of thing. It says that you have to save less to make up that shortfall. £177. I could achieve that. Okay, you think you could do £177 a month? Yeah, you might have to go for cheaper cruises than uh, ones that don't have entertainment of the calibre of Chaz and Dave. Perhaps Chaz and Dale, the Chaz and Dave tribute act. That sounds terrible. But, you know, needs must. Needs must. Or you could work longer. That's the third option that they're giving you here. Yippee! Until when? How about that? I'll work it out for you. Thank you. Let's say you still want the £15,600 a year, but you only want to save a bit more than you do at the moment, let's say £150 a month. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, you would have to work until you're... Oh, no. I can see the working longer age going up as you type. <laughs> this is awful! Ah! <laughs> If you want to retire on £15,600 a year, but only save £150 a month, then you would have to work until your... Drum roll. 92! 92! I'll be lucky to get to 92. I wouldn't be able to spend the money. I can see you as an extremely productive worker at the age of 92. Oh, do what? Perhaps carrying bricks around a building site, something like that. You're going to have to save more. I'm going to have to save more. Even if you're prepared to go without the cruises, I think you still need to save more. Mm, I know, I know. Okay, point taken. Yeah, it's time to get real, Annie. Time to get real. Start a saving. So on that pretty harsh reality check wake-up call, it's time (laughs) to end the programme. But don't worry, because we've got plenty more on pensions next episode. That's good, Glenn. Even though I don't like the word pensions, I have to face up to the reality. So the more I know about them, the better, so I can make the right choices. You need to make those right choices and you need to make them soon before it's too late as the ticking clock of your life ticks down. (laughs) No. Sorry. Don't worry, it'll be okay. Sure it will. And we're going to find out so many things in the next episode, but also about ISIS, because that's something that we haven't considered as an alternative to pensions. ISIS, very, very nice. Exactly. I'm going to come out right now as... (laughs) I'm going to come out right now... This is news. ...as a man without a pension. 
Okay, I'm telling you this. Glenn, yes, Glenn yes. Man. No pension. Do you know why? Because I believe in the power of ISIS, and I use ISIS as an alternative to pensions. Seriously? I'll tell you so much more about that next week. You go. You will be amazed. I'm already amazed. I can't even shut my mouth. I'm so amazed. The power of ISIS. Wow. It will become clear. Oh, I look forward to that. Thanks very much for joining us, everybody, for episode 13 of Managing My Money. Of course, this is an open university course. You know that. We know that. Yeah. And as this is episode 13, remember, it's after each pair of episodes that you go online and answer the quiz questions to get yourself on your way to that Statement of Participation Certificate from the Open University, which you can put on your CV. Oh, yeah. So because we're at the end of episode 13... Just hold your horses, okay? Wait until the end of episode 14 and then you get on the internet. Don't just promise me you're not even going to go near the internet. I promise you, I'm going to kick back and relax until the next episode. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. You lock the internet room in your house. Lock (laughs) it up. I will. I will. Internet room? Who has one of those? Thanks for joining us. Don't forget I'm your co-presenter now. Oh yes, thanks for joining me and Annie, a partnership of equals. Bye. Bye.